Everybody say dwell here. The word dwell means to occupy. So when you're saying God dwell here, you're saying, God, I want you around for the good and the bad. Right, not, don't visit, dwell. So when somebody lives in the house, they're going to see it all. Here's what I love about God. He won't move out if he discovers you got issues. He moved in because you had them. Here's what they would say in the old church. He's a rock in a weary land. That means that God is stability. Everybody say he's stability. That God doesn't change because you don't have it together. He stays until he makes all things new. Anybody want to praise God? That when the clock struck midnight, you still had breath in your lungs. You may not have had everything you wanted, but God supplied all of your needs. If I'm talking to you, give him some praise in this place today. I know I'm 11 hours late, but happy new year. Give your neighbor a hug and say, welcome to your future. To all of y'all watching online, we thank you so much uh, for being with us and sticking with us on this journey. I am told that they turn more people away than that's in this room right now. And I hope that those of y'all who are watching me right now will accept our sincerest apologies. Um, there was nothing we can do because the fire marshal would have been here and we would all have been at home. And so please forgive us for not accommodating you. That's why I keep telling you guys, we, we, gotta, we gotta add more seats to the sanctuary. And anytime your building tells your ministry what it can't do, it's time to change. Come on, somebody. And that's why the devil has been fighting us on this dream center. That's why he's fighting us on all. And, and see, the reason why this is a, this is a intricate time for us to pay attention, because right now it takes giving to do that. But the devil got some of y'all scared because of the economy and inflation and all of that. But I'm telling you, it ain't going to come nigh us. I've already told you this. They going to have a recession. We not. Y'all not listening to me. The United States of America, the, the, the globe, it may go through a recession, but not us. I live in the kingdom. My resources are allocated by the one who owns the silver and the gold. So, so don't, let, don't believe the hype. Don't you start talking, don't get all that negative, stay off of the news. and all. If you're going to watch the news, do it for informational purposes, but don't let it disrupt your spirit. Are you with me? Be informed, but not immobilized. Know what's going on, but know that your God can do anything but fail. This church started in 2009. That was the year that the recession happened under President Obama in America, and our church grew. So we've already made it through a recession. We grew in the recession. We started in the recession. And if you're listening to me online or in this building, People of wealth wait until moments like this to blow up.
Every great industry came out of recession because necessity births um, struggle bursts necessity and necessity bursts ideas and when there is a need only thing you need to be thinking about right now is not that you have a need what you need to be thinking about is what is the need you're going to solve so that when this recession is over you can be talking about how much money you made in this season and not how you have to beg i, I don't know i'm anybody in the balcony because i don't have any help anywhere this is the year of manifested promises and I want your mind set on these things. This will be the best year of your life. I told my wife when I walked in, I said, I feel different. I feel different. I don't, I don't feel the same. They were trying to play with me. I ain't got time to play. I'm serious today. I, I got things to do. I believe that something's about to happen. And I ain't got time to smile. I got to think. I, I got to have my mind focused. I got, I got to look around and see what the devil's trying to do. And I got a word for you, devil, what you meant for evil. God already told me he's going to turn it around for my good. I need about 300 people in the room and about 5,000 on the line to give God about five seconds of crazy praise and thank him that this is the year that God is going to tell the canker worm to get off of his feet. Somebody say it's a new year. But what good is a new year with an old you? It's a new me. You're going to have to be so focused this year. You ain't got time to play. What you do this year is going to set you up for the next 10 years. Man, I, man, listen. I've been praying all day. I'm serious. What you do this year is going to set you up for the next 10 years. 2033, you're going to look back on it, and if you remember somebody recorded and put, I said it today. And in 2023, you're going to pull it back up and say, he said it. So if you're going to start it, stop about to and go on and do it, because this is the time. You can't be lazy this year. You can't have no excuses. You can't date beneath your privilege. You can't do none of that. You better be single or date on your level, one of the two, but you got to be serious. Tell your kids I said it. Go in your house today and say, y'all, playtime is over. We got to get it together because I'm about to build something and I can't leave it to nobody trifling. I can't leave it to nobody who don't have any drive. I'm about to build something. Can I leave it to you? All right. Now I knew I, I got a word today. I got one today. And I'm unqualified to preach it. Which is why I'm scared to death. I haven't been scared to preach a sermon in five years. It's gonna take courage for me to get this one out. But if it's one thing I got. I got some fight in me. Anybody got any fight in you? I can't cook, but I can fight. Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 26. 
to all of y'all who couldn't get in, I need y'all to help me spread the message. We're going to add seats to this sanctuary come hell or high water in a recession. And God's going to put the money in your pocket, which means you're going to be richer in the down year than you were in your up year. I need those of you online to help us on this journey. 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse number 1. So what's happening here is David is hiding and his haters is telling on him. I'm going to tell you right now, there are some people who don't like you who also know your whereabouts. Go to verse 2. So Saul arose. As you imagine. There are some people who won't get up for nothing but you. That's how important you are. They, they, they won't get mad and utilize all of their resources unless it's time to fight you. Have you ever looked at somebody, they won't fight it, but they'll fight you. And you looking at them like, why you didn't fight that the way you fighting? It's because there is something special about you. Next verse. Let's go to verse 3. Now, this is, this is where it gets amazing. And Saul pitched in the hills, which was before him. And as he pitched in the hills that were before him, the Bible lets us know that the people that he came with fell asleep. Because I don't want to bore y'all with the and all these names of these cities you ain't never heard of. That don't matter. They don't make you a super Christian because you can pronounce words nobody else can pronounce. I'm trying to get you the story. The people that Saul had brought with him to kill David, all 3,000 of them, they fell asleep in the wilderness. Let's go to verse 4. And David sent out spies to find out what they were doing. God's going to give you people who will do the work for you. All right? And David arose, and he came to the place where Saul had pitched his tent. And the Bible says that he took a spear and stuck it in the ground by Saul's head to let Saul know, I could have. I could have ended this all for you, but I did not. And the reason why he did not, and he had a friend with him. Let's go, just keep skipping through the verses. I'm, I'm reading, but I ain't. And, and he had a friend with him that says, Saul, uh, uh, David, let me go with you. David said, come on. Eventually, he begged him enough. David said, come on. He told David, he said, let me kill him for you. He said, I'm going to stab him so good that a second jab won't be necessary. Do I got any people in the room? You've been so mad for the, the next person you hit, the next person you cuss out, the next person you give your piece of your mind to, they're not going to recover. That's why I need you not to do it. This is why, listen, 
Saul deserved everything that David was going to do. But David looked at his running partner and said, don't do it, listen, because he's still God's anointed. What do you do when what you want to do, they deserve it, but they belong to God? And this is where most of us mess up destiny because we think because they deserve it, we should do it. He said, you can't do it. First Chronicles, touch not my anointing and do my prophet no harm. He said, so you can't kill Saul. Listen, because God anointed him, and even though he's guilty, he's guiltless. Let's talk about this subject today. I want to talk about, I won't self-destruct. I won't self-destruct. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In the late 1300s, a poet by the name of William Langland wrote a poem entitled, The Vision of William Concerning Piers Plowman. And in that poem, he coined a phrase that most of us in here have either heard or said when we feel as if we've done all we can do. Shinna, that phrase was, I'm at my wit's end. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? But he wasn't talking about frustration with a spouse or a friend or a hater. He was actually talking about astrology and astronomers at that time who were trying to figure out whether the world was flat or whether it was round, whether this terrestrial ball that we call Earth had oxygen or hydrogen, how far is the sun from the Earth, what is the temperature of the sun. They tell us that it is 333,333,000 Earths equal the size of one sun. Without all of the technology that we have today, and just this year, this summer, in fact, this June or July, astrologers and astronomers were, were for the first time ever able to get a clear picture of Jupiter. In 2022, we, first, we got our first clear picture of Jupiter. Can you imagine how difficult it was for them in the 1300s to figure out what was the composition of the ozone? What is the composition of soil? At what temperature does water freeze? And at what temperature does metal melt? They had to do all of this without technology. So they were struggling and he looked at them. William looked at them and said they are at their wits end. The word wits is the Hebrew word for wisdom. So when you're at your wits end, it actually means that I am at the end of my wisdom. 
I have come to a place in life where I don't know anybody who knows the answer, nor do I have a strategy for my current problem. Anybody in that place today? Albert Einstein said the difficulty of that position is that it is the thinking that has caused the problem that your current thinking cannot solve. What's going to make 2023 a difficult year? is if you think you can solve its problems with 2020's mindset. Every issue you have, whether you believe it or not, your mindset caused. And whether you believe it or not, your mindset is the reason why you cannot solve the problem you have. I know you think that if they would change, it would be better, but they would change and you would still not forgive them. Oh, there's some people in here right now. The person you're upset with has changed. You just haven't recognized it. Because you still see them in the only way you can. Because it is the thinking that we have that has caused the problems that we have. And if we don't alter our mindset, we will have the same issues in the new year. Let me just tell you right now, waiting on a new year to change your circumstances is a bad strategy. How many times have you heard people over the last couple weeks, I can't wait to the new year. I'm gonna start exercising. I can't wait to the new year. I'm gonna eat healthy. I can't wait to the new year. My wife told me the other day, she said, let's do a cleanse in the new year. I said, no, let's do it now. Because if we wait to the new year, we can find an excuse in the new year. And just to let y'all know, over the last five days, I've only ate one day. So if I got an attitude, it's her fault. <laughs> Literally for four days, all we did was drink raw juice six times a day. No meat, no bread, no sugar, no salt, no nothing, no sense, no no consciousness but I ate me some chicken legs yesterday that's the bad thing about being a cleanse you do good for four days and give it all back to why, why are you waiting on a calendar to make a choice it could be a new year for you tomorrow it could be a new year for you in June the calendar doesn't decide when I move on the Bible says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Here was the response. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. For a person to be at their wit's end, and let me take my time because this New Year, so we ain't got to be home in 15 minutes, do we? You didn't get that dressed up and getting all that traffic to want to be gone in 30 minutes, did you? Well, if you do, go ahead. I'll be here with these who stay. And those of y'all who are watching, if they leave, I'll let you know you can come get their seat. <laughs> For a person to be at their wit's end, it means that they've come to the end of their resources. That they, they know no strategy for their current dilemma. It, it means uh, that, that, that what I know has gotten me here, but I need to think higher to go to the next dimension. Our mindset being on repeat is the reason why our years seem to be similar because my thinking 
is the reason why my year, my day, my month, my house is the way it is. Are you with me so far? Which means that every one of us will arrive at a problem that we do not know how to solve. And I have to ask myself, is that by accident or was that God's intention? Did God, since he knows everything and is in charge of everything, did he make sure that your problems are problems you can't solve that I can, but made sure that my problems are problems that I can't solve that he can? And is it possible that you have an issue in your life that is so difficult that the only way out is to seek something that has a higher IQ modicum of knowledge and an answer that you do not have. Here's my real question. Did God intentionally make the problem too hard for you to solve? Did he make the person too difficult for you to manipulate and change? Did he make the job so cumbersome that either you lose it or you get better? Did he give you a child that challenges everything you know about rearing children? Because he could have gave you one that didn't challenge you, but then you wouldn't need him to parent. So everybody in here, you got, if, if not all of your children, you got at least one of them that look like they ain't come from around here. Come on, talk to me, somebody. So is it the strategy of God in our life to allow us to be presented with situations and circumstances that we absolutely do not know how to deal with? Raise your hand if you got something right now that's baffling in your life that you just cannot figure out. Look around, guys. Every single person in this hand in this church has their hand up so then that means it can't be circumstantial it cannot be accidental this must be a divine plan that all of us in this room and i bet you everybody online who raised your hand too that has a problem you cannot solve it must be the, the divine will of god that we have something that we have to deal with him in order to solve so the phrase wits in everybody say wits in you thought that came from your grandmother? Psalms 107, 27 says, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunk man and are at their wit's end. It's such a phenomenon, it's even in the scripture. I'm going somewhere, you gotta follow me. This means that the people, even in the days of the scripture, before the days of even Christ, came to situations where their practice of wisdom did not solve the situation and the decisions that they made did not solve the trouble that they had. And it isn't always people that brings us to a situation where we have problems we cannot solve. Sometimes life is difficult because it hits you with everything you're responsible for at the same time. Yeah. Come on, y'all walk with me a little bit. It, it's, it ain't just that, that my job is tripping, it's I'm not happy in my home. And my children are, 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 are as my mama would say, starting to smell themselves. Y'all ever, ever heard that one? 
or getting too big for your britches. You ever heard that one? See, y'all ain't old enough. I, I got to change that. You, you got attitude. You stink. You know, all that kind of stuff. You, you, you don't know how to get your mind together. You, you, you look at everything negatively. It, and, and then your money not acting right. And then, and then your relationship is topsy-turvy. And, and then, you, then you get the news that something was on the scan that ain't quite right. So now you got to go back to the doctor and they got to look at that again. Oh, and by the way, if you do go and get the procedure, can you afford the medicine? And then all of a sudden the car starts acting up. And then all of a sudden the washing machine breaks down. And then the refrigerator starts making noise and then your kids are getting big and then the clothes you just bought them on Monday they can't fit by Friday and you got all of this stuff going on at, at one time and, and if you're anything like most of us you try to act like you got it all together in front of everybody but you go somewhere in the house and say Lord help me And don't you let that person sitting next to you right now, they sitting up with their back straight, but life is on their shoulders and they will be bent down in the closet tonight. Don't you feel bad if I'm talking to you because all of these super Christians, they got their makeup, their foundation, their eyelashes, their track is sewn in good, head is shaving bald, got money in their pocket, suit is looking good, but when they get in the car, they may cry all the way home, they may get in the closet and feel like taking a bottle of pills, but I decree and declare that 2023 is not going to do that to us. I refuse to self-destruct. I'm going to find a strategy and I'm going to get some wisdom that's going to help me win. Somebody shout, I'm winning this year. I'm not going to be unhappy in the house I pay rent for. I'm not going to be miserable and have a mortgage. I'm not going to have transportation, a little bit of money in a savings account, socks on my feet, a shirt on my back, and still be ungrateful. Kids may not have straight A's, but they don't have cancer. Are y'all not talking to me? The teacher might not like them, but you ought to love them. You don't have five cars in the garage, but you didn't walk here today. I'm talking to somebody. When you turn the faucet, does the water come on? Did you take a shower today? Hopefully that's a unanimous yes. Because we're too grown to talk about I took one yesterday. You're too grown for that. That's for 12-year-olds down to two, not 50. Did you eat or will you eat later? So why are you so negative? And why do you lack gratitude? when I can't name a thing you need that you don't have. I didn't say won't, but I can't name a thing that you need that you don't have. Why are you so ungrateful? Yeah, you need five bedrooms. Can you praise them for the three you got? Cause ain't nothing wrong with your children sharing the room. We did it when we grew up. You're not a failure because every child doesn't have their own room. You're not a failure because every child doesn't have their own bed. You are a failure when you give up. Slap your neighbor and say, fight through it. 
Why are we so ungrateful? Why are we so negative? Why are we such faithless people when at least 13 years, most of us stood right here and got over to a new year? Just came to tell you, he's been better than good to you. been better than good to you. Touch everybody you can reach. Say, he's been better than good to me. He's been better than good to me. So many doors he's opened. So many ways he's made. So many times he's healed me. He's been better than good to me. Say it again. So many doors he's opened. So many ways he's made. So many times he healed me. He's been better and here's why you got to stop tripping, because he's been better to you than you've been to yourself. Can I go deeper? Listen, when I grew up, my grandfather and my mother used to tell me this phrase. I didn't know it until I got to be an adult. Trouble comes in threes. How many of y'all remember that? Or they would say death comes in threes. I was like, boy, that old superstitious crazy stuff. When, when we bought this church, many of you know this story. When we bought this church, the day we were supposed to close, that I needed to be in the bank with Jackie and Daryl Sharp. Daryl, raise your hand. Daryl Sharp, Jackie, and myself, we were in the bank. I took out personal credit to buy this building because we ain't had no members or money to do it at the time. Is this the truth? I signed my name on a $7 million loan to get this church for us. So they ain't going to tell you that why they're hating on me. <laughs> and when we got to closing, we were $60,000 short. We couldn't close. So I went into my bank account and transferred all my money over, which is what I had. Literally, what I had is what we needed and transferred it over to buy this building. And while we were in closing, my mother calls me. It was about 5 o'clock that morning, so I couldn't do it, but she called me and said, need you to come to Gary because your grandfather died, which was my father. He raised me. So I had to postpone closing, go back to Gary, and I had to fly into Chicago, drive to Gary, bury my grandfather, reschedule closing, came back, and on the day that we were to reschedule closing, we, we, we closed on this building, I came in that back door, running around this building, a mouse came from over there and ran right at me. But I was so happy to have it, I spoke to him. It's a true story. I was like, y'all, there go a mouse. Jackie was like, uh. I said, no, I ain't got no members yet. He can stay. <laughs> and while I'm running around the building, 
Our lawyer at the time, his name is Michael Harris, a good friend of mine, he said, I got to tell you something. They were holding the news because my mother had called them while we were closing. While I was signing the papers, my grandfather's oldest son, my uncle, he died while I was signing the papers. Okay, so now I got to go back. All right, three days later, his daughter, my cousin, she died from a brain aneurysm. The 30 days, three, that we moved in here, three people died. And then I said, oh, trouble does come in threes. Are you listening to me? It's going to make sense in a minute. So, so my mother told me that when I grew up. And then I, I, I read Ecclesiastes. This is Pastor Torrance's favorite scripture. Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 says that a threefold cord isn't easily broken. Now I'm ready to preach because most of us look at that and think that it only refers to marriage. But sometimes the devil can sow a stronghold on you. And you'll have trouble and anxiety and rejection. I don't know what your three cords are, but I can tell you right now, everybody in this room has three things holding you down. Three mindsets that are holding you back. No, I'm, I'm not going to talk about people today. I'm talking about you because I'm tired of coming to church making you feel as if you change your circle, your circumstances are going to change. How many posts have you seen? I'm changing my friends. But if you stay the same, you're going to corrupt the new ones you get. And if you don't change, you're going to go get rid of the people who hold you back only to go find the same kind of people who going to hold you back because if you don't change your mind, you can't change how you pick. So we will self-destruct by not changing our mind because if we don't change our mind, we are damned to make the same choices. Unfortunately, I ain't even start preaching yet. Who am I talking to in this room? Raise your hand if I'm talking to you. I can't get both of my hands up because you got to hear me. It's going to make sense. This is why it's difficult to break strongholds because it's three chords that you love. It's three mindsets that you justified because everybody in here has a survival mechanism. And so you keep that cord because you survived and you think you're justified in using it because it got you to this point. But here's the problem. You're going to miss your next point because you're stuck at this point because the thinking that caused the problem that you have cannot be solved by the thinking that you brag about. You know, stuff like, I don't take nothing from nobody. Okay, well, you're going to meet somebody you got to take something from. <clears throat> Y'all listening to me? Ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. Okay. You're going to meet somebody that's going to talk to you just like that. And then what are you going to do when that time comes? I, t I told myself I wasn't going to tell you all this. but I In this year, the only thing I want you to fight is something worth fighting for. Remember what I told you when I was reading the scripture that there was somebody who came with David and said, I will stab him for you. 
a man that I do not know came and whispered in my ear and said, Rev, you got too much to lose. I'll handle your dirty work and walked off. I said, them the kind of dudes I'm used to. What? What's your phone number, dog? I'm like, because I do want to get him fixed, but I'm going to let it go. But see, my problem is I want to do it myself. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get any aggrandizement off of somebody else fighting my battle. I've got to do it myself. So that showed me what I needed to work on because it stayed with me for 48 hours. I couldn't eat without thinking about it. I saw his face in the wall. I envisioned him. I dreamed about him. And I said, oh, you ain't where you think you are, son. You, you haven't come as far as you think you've come. All that preaching, all that studying, and you still will go right back to Gary, Indiana at the drop of a hat. Now, he deserved it, but what I'm saying is, I can't even get my mind right right now. I keep going back that he deserved it. What I'm trying to say is, you can't self-destruct. I don't advise nobody else to try it because in this season of all of the things that we have on us, like you don't understand how much mental pressure you're under right now. It's a lot going on right now and we just, you know, we just keep on going. But you got family members getting sick, you got money problems, you got business issues, you got health issues, you got, you got career, you got anxiety, you got what am I going to be doing with my life for the next five years, should I stay here, should I go? You got all of that, and then here comes the devil to vex certain of the church to make sure that he doesn't have to destroy you. There is no culpability for the enemy if you destroy yourself. I want to tell you a personal example so you don't feel here feeling down on yourself because you ain't where you want to go. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And let me say this uh, to us ministers. We got to stop making people think that we just fell from heaven and, and, and that, that, that we always praying and that, that we always got it together because, listen, everybody knows that that when you look at a person, you can tell what kind of temper they got. You can tell. So ain't no sense us as ministers lying, trying to make people think that we fell from heaven and everything is right, because that's going to do worse for our testimony than telling the truth. I still need God's grace. I still need him to save me. Because he ain't finished with me yet. I'm crazy. You don't know. I am crazy. So when I was writing this sermon, I almost quit writing it, Ramon. I... I Honest to God, I changed the sermon because I was like, I can't get up there and be hypocritical. I can't preach this sermon. This ain't for me. I walked in today. I told my wife, I said, baby, I can't preach this one. She grabbed me. She said, you better preach it. And then I said, <laughs> I heard you. And then I, I thought, David wasn't perfect in this text. Oh, now it's time to go deeper. David was actually avoiding Saul because Saul was the king, but God had removed the anointing from Saul. And Saul knew that the dude he was looking at was his replacement. Anytime you have somebody closer to the court than you, 
is because they know that even though in proximity they are in front of you, in reality you are in front of them. Oh my God, you better hear what I'm telling you. Do you understand how many people in your life, whether in it or outside of it, can already see your position in life, already know where you're going, but you. He thought, I'm talking to a preacher. This, he ain't going to do nothing. I preach. I don't know if I'm a preacher. I just know I preach. Because if that's the rationale, we can throw that out the window. Your boss knows you're better. That's why they treat you that. You show up on time, you serve, you're nice, you're bringing coffee and water, and they still turned up because they know if you ever find out who you are, they'll be unemployed. Don't let scared people scare you. Oh, I'm talking to somebody in here today. I'm talking to somebody in here. I'm getting ready to preach to you because do you know what happened? Now it's time to go. He got there. He said, the Bible says that David ran from Saul and he went into the tabernacle. And when he got into the tabernacle, the priest, 85 of them, fed David from the table of showbread. Did you hear what I just said? They fed David from the table of showbread, not the bread that was in the temple for everybody to eat. There was a golden table in the, in the tabernacle that had 12 loaves of bread on it. Why did it have 12 loaves of bread? Because there were 12 tribes of Israel and every loaf of bread represented one of the tribes. So when they fed David the showbread, they just told Saul, we giving him the nation. What I'm trying to tell you is you don't have to take anything from the enemy. His friends will give it to you. Saul was the king. And it was his priests that gave David the bread. Ain't nothing like seeing your enemy's friends start to like you. You sitting up here trying to badmouth me, making people think that I'm not what I am, but when they got around me, they found out there's something wrong with what you said about that person when I got in their presence. Touch your neighbor and say, you ain't got to prove nothing, baby. Just be yourself, and your enemy's friends will turn on them and turn towards you. I wish I had somebody that would shout for about 35 seconds in this place today. You ain't got to be walking around and talking about, I'm a nice person, see me. They going to see eventually. If you stay consistently good, the thing that will mess up your testimony is if you act like Saul when you should be acting like David. Then you will prove to them that you are what they said you are. But if you stay consistently pure in your heart, People are not dumb. People are not stupid. They might be friends with them, but when they get around the other friends, we're like, I know what they said about her, but I just don't see that. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't, you ain't got to, don't worry about your reputation. Listen, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Do I have anybody watching me online that understands the words that are coming out of my mouth? If I'm talking to you, shout yes.
David was avoiding being captured. The Bible says he went to the cave of Adullam and 400 men went in the cave with him. I just saw this. And I'm going to say this real quick and I'm going to move on. Lonnie, your real crew will always come to the cave with you. Your real friends will fight with you and then we'll find out what we was fighting about after we finish. I don't need nobody talking about what they do. Why we gotta do that? No, let's just throw these hands and then we'll get, we gotta discuss that later. We ain't got time. I want y'all to look around. Stand up, Mama Barbara. Stand up, Mama Ruth. Matter of fact, this whole row stand up right here. See, let me tell you something. Y'all be looking at Steve and Ward. This is what you got to watch right here. See, y'all don't understand. Y'all don't understand. Where, where's Mama Richardson and all them? Wherever they are. See, y'all be looking at Daryl Sharp and y'all looking at Kirk and Ward and Torrance. And, 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 but, but you see these women right here? These are the women who broke communion for our church when we didn't have no money. These are the women that poured all of the wine in the cups when we didn't have no money. These are the women that helped us pay the light bill when we had no money. And then they raised up another young group of women who are now eating from the table. You better watch out for a man who got some senior women behind him and another generation coming up beneath them. Where's your mother at Torrance? Torrance's mother in here. Torrance's mother done made me so many pancakes in my life. You don't understand, I was hungry and she fed me. Where's she at? That woman right there. When we didn't have no money, we started this church. Me and Torrance used to go to her house uh, after staff meeting because we couldn't, you know, real staff, you can go to Starbucks and get all that kind of stuff, but we ain't have no money. So we'd go to her house and eat pancakes, too much bacon. I done came off of that, but we would eat everything at her house. These women, when I didn't have the kind of car that the Lord has blessed me with, they had extra cars. Mama Barbara, her husband, Gene, they would say, come by the house and drive our car until yours get fixed. And you up here trying to run around and find famous people. Can you find some loyal people that love your dirty draws, that'll kiss you on your forehead when you're wrong? Somebody who will give to your crazy vision even when you can't explain it? Where are the real people in this room today? Y'all get him a hand. That's the real crew. They followed me to the, to the elementary school, to the hotel, to the little room in the center over there, to another high school, Ramon and Dee and, and, and Shalene. They would, brother, brother Keith here, with his back hurting. I remember when he had to have back surgery. Y'all looking at a man standing on his front row right now. This is my crew. I'm just telling you, they followed me to the cave. The devil tried to take him out. He had a bad back injury. I remember one day in the service, I laid hands on his back and told him that the Lord was going to give him the mobility of his back. Walk two steps forward. Come here, walk. Walk backwards. Now, what y'all understand is about five years ago, he couldn't do that. And I'm decreeing and declaring right now in 2023, I'm going to lay hands on people. And the sick are going to get healed. And the dead in Christ are going to be risen up. 
and accept him as Lord and Savior. Somebody shout, this is the year of manifested promises. If you believe it, make about 13 seconds. I pray this year that God will send you people who will follow you even if you're in a cave. That they won't abandon you because you made a mistake. That they won't abandon you because you didn't get it right. God, send these people online, in this room, and in the balcony the kind of loyalty that they can depend on. Somebody shout, I won't self-destruct. Y'all got time? Well, sit down. Saul said, um, I can't let David find out who he is. So I got to kill him. See, Tasha, Bobby, that's what this is about. Everything that we've been through with your parents and your relationships over the last three, four years, it was the devil trying to kill you so that you would never figure out who you were. No, honey, you hear me? That's her Instagram name. Y'all forgive me. I sometimes I call her by Instagram name. <laughs> he wants you literally, not always physically, but emotionally dead. See, you can, you can be live, your heart can be beaten, but if that heart is broken. If you don't have no confidence in yourself. If you look in the mirror and you hate what you see. Or you look in the mirror and you love what you see, but you're with somebody who benefits off of you not knowing who you are, so they bring you right back down breaking you so they can always fix you. You didn't hear what I said. See, some of y'all are in relationship with people. They break you so they can fix you so that you will think that you're only fixed in their presence, but you didn't know that they broke in the house and furnished it. And it's called fraud when you steal it and replace it. Speak to me, Holy Ghost. Saul assigned his personal bodyguards, go get them, go get them, go get them, bring them to me, bring them to me. So they, they go out there and, and, and they go get them. Saul can't find them though because he's in the temple, he's in the high priest and, and they feeding him the bread. And see, some of y'all don't know right now, the devil looking for you, but he can't find you because you're in the temple. See, if we resist the devil, he will flee. See, that's why it's important for the church to have a, a certain type of atmosphere because if praise is in this building, God will abide in the presence of his people, but the devil can't stand all of this praise. So we purify and we saturate the atmosphere with praise. The devil leaves. Now he's looking, you, looking for you at the places you should be or want to be. But because he can't find you because you're in the sanctuary. So he can't find him. He's getting the bread. Now, watch this. They are feeding David bread from the table of showbread. 
Saul is the king and he can't even have it. What do you do when people above you don't have the same privileges as you? Saul is the king, he can't get the bread. He's so mad at David that he killed 85 priests for feeding him bread. You not listen to me. He murdered 85 men because they gave him a slice of bread. That's how much you're hated that 85 people are worth your life. He kills 85 men because they gave him bread from the table of showbread. And by the way, it was illegal for them to give David the bread because the bread was only supposed to be eaten by the priest. So now they have broken the law to feed a man who's breaking the law. But if you only read the Old Testament, you're going to miss the story because you got to go to the synoptic gospels where you find out Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm about to show you a shadow right now. And he says that you can come unto me and eat and not be hungry. So what we're seeing in the tabernacle is a picture of Jesus Christ that even though David was a sinner, he did not leave hungry. Oh, you're not listening to me. I just want to talk to somebody in here today. You got about 100 people trying to bring about your demise, but God told me to tell you that in 2023, he's going to ensure that you get to the bread. Oh, I need about 200 people in the room to high-five somebody and say, baby, I'm going to get the bread this year. I'm going to get the bread this year. I'm going to get the job this year. I'm going to get the opportunity this year. I don't care who doesn't want me to have it. It's got my name on it. And God said it is for me. And if God said it is for me, no devil in hell, no boss that doesn't like you, and no hater can separate you from what God has for you. Slap three people and say, I'm going to get the bread. I'm going to get the bread. Oh, I can't hear nobody in here. I said, find somebody and say, I'm going to get the bread. I'm going to get the bread. I'm going to get the opportunity. I'm going to get the million dollars. It's going to be my company. It's going to be my situation. This is my year for me to get the bread. And why am I going to get the bread? Because we are no longer under the law, we are under grace. And so what God was saying is, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. I give the bread to who I want to give the bread to. I give the bread to people with GEDs. I give the bread to people who dropped out of high school. I give the bread to teenage mothers. I give the bread to somebody who had children out of wedlock. You keep putting your religious traditions on me, and I'm going to keep getting the bread. High five somebody say, your loaf is on the way. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You didn't hear what I said. Some of y'all ain't shouting because all you can think is crumb. I ain't talking about no crumbs. I'm talking about a table of bread. Look at your neighbor and say, I got Bible. He will prepare a table in the presence. 
of my enemies. Somebody shout the bread. You gonna have so much bread this year? They gonna think you baked it yourself. Somebody shout, I'm a bread distributor. I want you to find some starving people on your road and say, I got spare. I got extra bread. You need some bread? I got enough for your mama and your daddy. I got enough for your sister and your cousin. This is my year of the manifested promise. I got the bread. this OC they were so mad that if anybody wasn't in the in crowd and the priest did not eat the bread the day it was baked if it was any bread left over they had to burn it they would rather burn it than share it that's the problem with the church is that if you're not in the in crowd they think you don't deserve the bread. But tell them, baby, I'm going to get the bread even if my shirt is too If my skirt is too short, I'm still going to get the bread. You might not like my hair, but I'm still going to get the bread. You might not like that I'm not married and I got children, but I'm still going to get the bread. Why? Because it's grace. It's sufficient. Somebody who's a beneficiary of grace. Open up your mouth and show the devil that he's a liar. The law said he couldn't eat the bread, but God said he could. So next time somebody look at you and, they, and you got something they don't think you deserve, tell them God said I could. You hear me? Tell them God said I could. It might not look good on the way you look at stuff, but God said I can have it. And if God is for me, good God Almighty, he's more than the world. Somebody just spin around in one circle and said, I got the bread. I got the bread. So Saul, y'all doing all right? Janetta, so Saul goes back to the palace. I ain't ready. He goes back to the palace. Look at me, I'm talking to you. He goes back to the palace, but he never goes back to the position. This time when he gets back to the palace, things have changed. David is now king. It's so true that when he goes back to the palace, 
He tells us, I'm a bearer. Oh, my God. I seen an anointing on David that I didn't see last time. It was something different about David this time. When he got back to the palace, he told his armor bearer, give me, your, give me your sword. His armor bearer said, no. He said, I'll tell you what. Michelle, he said, kill me, torture me, and stab me to death because some people cannot bear to see you take their position. They can't stand to see you go up, so they'd rather die than see you reach your destiny. Kill me. Zama Bear said, no. Guess what Saul says? Don't worry about it, I got it. He takes the sword from the armor bearer, slices his own neck, commits suicide, and the Bible says he falls on his own sword. He was so frustrated with David's advancement that he committed suicide. That's why you ain't got to kill nobody. When Judas betrayed Jesus, Jesus didn't have to curse him to death. He hung himself because every Judas in your life will eventually hang themselves. And I got the same message for you that the man had for me. Stop getting your hands dirty. Let God fight the battle. I'm almost done, but I got to tell you this. Sit down. Because David is human and you human and all of this church stuff and I'm talking about all this Bible stuff I'm talking it sound good and it's easy to clap to but when you in the real situation come on now I'm gonna come down cuz see I hear you saying amen that's cuz ain't nobody smacked you yet I hear you saying amen is because ain't nobody cut you off in traffic yet and you and that person you know have you ever had a fight with somebody you see the parking spot you think he was there first they think they was there first and then you zoom in now it's easy when you zoom but if they zoom in in front of you So I hear you saying amen, because I can say amen, but when you're in a real life situation, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk's son, Bryce, was at the, at the basketball game uh, a few weeks ago, and, and the lady, he was killing him, so this is what one of the ladies said in the audience, elbow him and knock him out. Now what you gonna do the next time your baby playing football and you hear somebody say, hurt your child intentionally. You gonna be thinking about the sermon or you gonna go on that field, handle your business and then say, Pastor, did you pray for me this week? Because the devil was busy, he was on my trail. Hey, come on. How many of y'all don't play about your kids? How many of y'all don't play about your man? How many of y'all don't play about your woman? How many of y'all don't play about your money? How many of y'all don't play about your food? I know why you raised your hand. <laughs> It's just certain things you don't play about. How many grandparents in here? See, let me tell you something. Mess with somebody's grandchild and see what happened to you. My mama's so much a grandmama, she love other people's kids too. She don't even know them kids and be loving them. David, 
David is in trouble and now Saul, Saul is upset and David is at his wit's end because right now, this is what David's life is all about. Let me give you a picture of his life and I'm gonna wrap this up. First of all, Samuel, the man who anointed him, has just died suddenly. So his mentor just died. Then, buddy, the second thing that happens is all of the priests, his friends, they're now dead. And Saul has just found out where he's hiding. Trouble comes in threes. Because when he needed prayer, he could go to Samuel. When he needed a word from God, he could go to the priest. When he needed to be isolated, he could go to the cave. And now all three of the things that he has depended on are now gone. When he lost the priest, he lost his confirmation. When he lost Samuel, he lost his comfort. When his hiding spot was discovered, he lost his confidentiality. He's exposed in a new place where people really don't know him like that. But let me tell you why he's about to be the next king. When he was running from Saul, the Bible says that he ran to the Philistines. Point. If I've been reading my Bible correctly, he'd been fighting with the Philistines since he was a teenager. You remember Goliath was from Gath, a part of the Philistines. And the Bible says that when Goliath and David were about to fight, the Bible lets us know that Goliath had been threatening the Israelites for 40 days, under which at that time Saul was king, and he ain't do nothing about it. And now, David is fighting what Saul should have handled. Let me tell you why you are going to be king and they are not. Because you are not afraid in the right area. God told me to tell you in 2023, he's not using the flawless, he's using the fearless. Look at everybody on your row and say, don't be scared. No, if you're going to be scared, you're not going to inherit the kingdom that God has for you. The Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. You're going to have to exercise your authority in this year. You can't be walking around timid and scared and feeble. You're going to have to walk in the power of the Lord. You're going to have to exercise your authority. Is there anybody in here, though, that will be honest that from time to time, even though you act hard, you have a lot of fear? I've learned that most people only have one really true emotion. It's fear, but you just express it in many different ways. You're afraid that they won't accept you, so you act like you don't care. 
You're afraid that they don't love you, so then you got to act like you ain't in love either. But you're writing poems all night, <laughs> listening to Luther Vandross and Teddy Pendergrass. If it, talking about if you think you're lonely now, wait until tonight. Casey's version is wait. God says this year, I'm not using anything with the spirit of fear. So the doctor is going to call you with some news, but are you going to be scared or are you going to be faithful? And when you walk in that bank to get the loan, are you going to believe you don't deserve it? Or are you going to walk in there like, you know what, they got to say yes, because God sent me here to get it. Everybody repeat after me. I shall live and not die. You didn't say it like you meant it. Say it again. I shall live and not die. I will not self-destruct. I will not let the enemy speak up for me. This year, I'm going to speak up for myself. And I'm going to say what God told me to say. And here's what he told me to tell you. I'm the lender, not the bar. I'm above, never beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I am more than enough. I'm an overcomer. If you got that in your spirit, I want you to shout in this place today. Watch this. So here's how the story ends. You remember, where did he put the, where did he put the spirit? By his head. He could have killed him. And the truth is, is you got enough power to execute too. But remember, what is the position that God has for him? King, not killer. So here's what God told me to tell you. In 2023, you cannot accept the position you're in and get the position he has for you. Either you settle for killer and not be king or decide to let him off the hook and be on the throne. That's the reason why David couldn't build the temple because he had too much blood on his hands. And every time you kill something, you lose a building in your ecosystem. I just knocked y'all completely out. I heard the air leave this room. Every time you take it upon yourself to kill it, because you can, and you got to let them know that you ain't messing with no punk and I'm tough and all of that, you just lost real estate. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot accept the position you're in and get the one you've been praying for. You have to give up one in order to get the other. Stand on your feet. David said, you know what? I'm about to go down there where Saul is. 
How many soldiers were with Saul? 3,000. The Bible says that they were camped out and they all fell asleep. And the Bible says that God made them fall in such a deep sleep that David was able to walk up on them and they didn't even know he was there. David walked right past 3,000 guards to get to the man he was trying to get to. And his companion said, David, let me, let me get him for you. He said, I want to stab him all the way until the spear goes through his back into the ground. David said, as much as I would like to see that, I can't let it happen. I, I know it would make you feel better to make you think I'm standing up for myself, but I know what God told me. Let him make it. He said, the reason why you got to let him make it is because he is still the Lord's choice. See, the problem is, is when you are getting somebody back, you don't know their position with God. You think God don't love them because you don't. But you don't know somebody's position with God, so you got to be careful that while they are throwing spears at you, that you don't exact retribution against somebody who's anointed. Mm. That is a word. We think that God's hand can't be on people because they are evil to us. But we swear his hand is on us when we're evil to people. So you got to let Saul make it because you don't know the covenant that God has with him. Or her. So stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Nobody who has ever caused you harm will leave this earth without paying for it. Tell him. And here's what you're going to have to reconcile in your soul. God is not going to call you so you can witness it and boast about it. He's going to handle them in private just like he handled you. Oh my God, I just said a word. Because don't none of y'all want God to handle you in front of everybody. So why does he have to handle them so that the world can see? God is fair and just. So you can go back to the palace. <laughs> but the one you're going back to ain't the one where the glory is going to be. When I tell you that you just stepped into the greatest opportunity in a generation. That God told me to guarantee you this. Are you listening to me? Hear me. David went towards Saul and he was asleep. What he didn't know is that David was already king. Are you listening to me online? By the time your enemies wake up, you'll already be king. By the time your enemies recognize it, 
you'll already be queen. By the time the haters realize it, you'll already be a CEO. By the time they realize it, God would have already poured the oil on you. You just better recognize that if you stab Saul, you will self-destruct. Look at the story. He still ended up dying under a blade. It just wasn't in David's hand. You are royalty. And you better start recognizing it. Everybody say, I'm anointed. I didn't want to hoop and holler you today. Because I didn't want you to leave here feeling like a warrior. I want you to leave here humble and meek because it's going to take some control to navigate what the devil's about to throw at you. And you can be rah, 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 rah. But you're going to have to think, 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 think and be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove even when you have the power of heaven backing you. Your royalty and being connected to this church I'm telling you what I know it is a proof that the glory of God is on your life listen to me because God never exposes you to anything that he doesn't expect for you to accomplish If he didn't expect you to be great, he wouldn't let you be surrounded by greatness. Whatever you're surrounded by, you're supposed to be. And if you don't like what you're surrounded by, change your surroundings. Repeat after me. I am the righteousness of God. Walk like it. Talk like it. Read like you're going somewhere. Study to show thyself approved that you might be able to rightly divide the word of truth. There is no need of you being in church your whole life still afraid to quote some scripture. Study. And any area where you apply yourself, you will gain confidence. You're only insecure where you don't apply yourself. Any cook in here, when, listen, any bad cooks, holler at me. When I said bad, I meant good. I got to explain it. Any good cooks in the room, holler at your boy. Okay. I, I knew you misunderstood me. All the cooks in the house, raise your hand. You cook. 
When you walk in the kitchen, do you walk in like, where the bread at? Where the seasoning at? When a real cook walk in the kitchen, she can tell somebody, go over there and get my frying pan. It's, it's, it's underneath over there. Go, go and get my flour. It's up there. It, it, it cooks. Now, how many men in here, we don't cook? I don't halfway know what a glass is. I'm like, baby, is the glass in this cabinet? I don't go in there. I'm insecure in the kitchen. But I don't practice. So anytime you're timid, it's showing you that you need practice in that area. I don't fix cars. So when you lift the hood, for me, you know what I think? Call AAA. That, they can do it. I, knew, I know how to put windshield wiper fluid in there. I do. I've had, I've had old enough cars where I know how to put oil in it, but you're talking about changing it? I do know you're supposed to screw that cap off at the bottom. I just don't know where it's at. Oil pan, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I was going to say. Just didn't get it out. You didn't give me enough chance. <laughs> so when it comes to building relationships with people in 2023, if you still feel a little insecure in front of people, maybe sometimes you ought to speak first. People always expect you to come to them. and Maybe this year, you're just going to go right and say, hey, my name is... What's the worst that can happen? Money. You're going to manage your money this, this year. You're going to manage it better than you've ever managed it. Somebody say, I'm going to manage my money this year. I am not going to spend my money this year like I've lost my mind. I'm going to manage it. And you'd be surprised how much money you actually have if you manage it. You got more than you think you have. You just haven't managed it well. Are you listening to me? You're going to be a better steward this year over the things that God gave you. Come on, talk to me. We're going into a new year. You're going to actually wash your car before the summer comes. You ain't going to wait till the sun shining and it's 90 degrees. You're going to wash it this month while you're asking God for another one. You got french fries under your seat from the last McDonald's. Yeah, talk to me. Details. Young people, you're going to make your bed. You're going to clean your room. You're going to apply yourself in class and not be on internet the whole time you're in school and then talking about you need a tutor. You had a teacher. Mothers. You're going to improve your relationships with your daughters. Daughters, you're going to honor your mothers. Fathers, you're going to show up for your sons. Sons, you're going to honor your fathers. Ministers, you will study to show yourself approved. Sharpen your tools. Because God's about to use you as an arrow in his quiver. And he's about to shoot you further than you've ever been. He's about to send you out of sight, out of space. He's about to launch you. Somebody shout, God, launch me. 
Nobody knows that you're going to be king because of where you started. But just because I started in the field, it has no bearing on where God is going to place me. You're going to shock everybody when you show up. Who am I talking to? It ain't for everybody. All the sleepy people go to sleep. I'm talking to the people who hungry. I'm proud of you because I know you stayed out later than you normally do and you still came today. God bless you, but we're going to get this word today. Your sleeping habits is not going to affect my sermon. And I'm at God deliver me from caring about what they think and when they're ready to go. I got a job to do. I got a job to do. I ain't going to let you yawn and make me send somebody out of here prematurely. It's a car accident waiting on them. It's a devil waiting on them. I got to equip you with the whole arm of God so that you can go out here and fight against the devil. If I'm talking to you, make some noise in this place today. Hold your neighbor's hand. That was amazing I said that. Bishop Jakes did this yesterday, and I just, I just thought about this. I know some of y'all are like, it's COVID. It's all right. We got some sanitizer in the back. We got some in the back, and some of y'all got some in your purse anyway. I'm telling you right now, as soon as they let your hand go, this is what's going to happen. They're going to just start squirting each other. It's a resident squirter. Every three people in here right now, they got one right now. It's all right, though. Squeeze anointing into that hand. First thing they need to know is this is what surviving feels like. Just hold it. Because some of those hands might be shaking. But we're abolishing fear in this room today. Somebody say, I fear nothing but God. Squeeze that hand. Squeeze glory in that hand. I want you to begin to minister to him and tell him, if I can chase a thousand, you and I can chase 10,000. That means that if I connect my faith with your faith, we can deal with every demon in both of our houses. Come on, talk to me, somebody. I send the anointing back to your mama's house. I send the anointing back to your sister's house. I send the anointing back to your brother's house. I send the anointing to your child's bedroom right now, wherever they are. A thousand shall fall at your right hand, 10,000 at your side, but none shall come nigh thee. Squeeze that hand. I squeeze in that hand the power to get well. Oh, devil, you lost. You lost. You lost, devil. You lost. You lost another battle. You should have killed us last year. You lost another battle. Cancer, you lost another battle. Depression, you lost another battle. Anxiety, you're losing again. Somebody in the balcony shout, no more rejection. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Do your work. The angel is troubling the water. Come on, Holy Ghost. Do your work. I said the angel is troubling the water. Squeeze that hand. And on the count of three, I want you to let that hand go. And I want you to shout like you got the victory in this house. And if you don't feel like you got the victory, hold that hand just a little while longer. Because when you release that hand, it's a sign that the devil got to release you. On the count of three, when you release that hand, your son's about to get free. Your daughter's about to get free. 
your grandchild is about to get free. I don't know why I hear the Holy Ghost saying that he's removing protein from your grandbaby's urine. He's taking blood out of the stream. Release that hand and shout in this room. Come on, I can't hear nobody. Shout. 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 I feel something happening in the room. I said I feel something happening in the room. Give your neighbor a high five and shout neighbor. God told me to tell you. Weeping may endure for a night. Somebody shout joy. Somebody shout joy. It's coming in the morning. Somebody didn't say it over on this side. Look at your neighbor. God told me to tell you that this is the year of manifested promises. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. Did you hear what I said? I got one word for you, and we're going to go home. But I want you to find somebody who ain't been acting funny all service. Find your, I mean a real praise partner. Look at them right now. So don't look at me, look at them. If they got a frown on their face, just frown up and ignore them. I need you to find somebody who's smiling. I want you to find somebody who look nervous, but they look like if you say something to them, they might open up. If you look in the date and they single, look at somebody who's cute because you might be prophesying over yourself. That means some of y'all might have to switch sections. Have you found your praise partner yet? All right, look that neighbor in the eye. And say, neighbor, God told me to tell you that the next person he's going to anoint is in front of my face. Look out. There is a blessing with your name on it. I feel something about to happen. I feel the angel in the room. Open up your mouth and shabak the Lord. Shout yeah. Yeah, yeah. about what he's done for me when I think about where he brought me from grab your neighbor by the hand one more time tell him about now I got what you got and you got what I got grab him by the hand and say neighbor God told me to tell you 
everything gonna be all right. Did they shout about it? You got the wrong neighbor. I know that everything gonna be all right. Somebody shout joy. This job that I have. gonna do it. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Slap your name on the hand. Where is Jason at? Come here, Jason. Somebody find Jason Bowie. Come up here. Run up here. Where is Jason? Somebody sit on. I know he's in the control room. Come here, Jason. Come here. There he is. Come here, Jason. I got ten reasons why I praise the Lord. Number one, been good. Number two, ah, he's been good. Number three, uh, he's been good. Number four, uh, oh, been good. Number five, uh, he's been good. Number six, so been good. Number seven, been good. Number eight, he's been good. Number nine, he's been good. Give your neighbor a high five. Give him another high five. Say, neighbor, the reason why I gave you two high fives. Because five plus five equals ten. Number ten is so been good. Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Shall yeah, yeah. Get ready for a turnaround. Get ready for a turnaround. You are king. You are queen. You are next and simultaneously now. But you can't be scared. Because making the right decision takes more courage than making the wrong one. Hear me, I'm about to tell you something. You ain't going to like it. This is the year where you can't, you can't be afraid to appear weak. Because appearing weak and being weak is two different things. It looked like David was weak, but he knew God was on his side. And this is the year you're going to have to be okay with letting them think they got away with it.
This is another level of anointing this year. Another level of grace and favor. Another level, I'm talking to somebody over here, another level of maturity. Because God is about to take you in the rooms where your mindset won't work. And you got to get away from this thing. They're just going to have to accept me for me. Every opportunity ain't for the current you. It's for the future you. So yes, they're going to have to accept you for you, but the updated version. I'm talking to me too. Everybody say us. Y'all hear me up there? I'm on your side if ain't nobody else on your side. I believe you if nobody else does. You're mine. I'm yours. You're my sheep. I'm your under-shepherd. I'm not your shepherd. He's your shepherd. I'm your under-shepherd. I represent him in your life. And I'm here to tell you what thus saith the Lord. And I'm his mouthpiece. And I'm here to tell you he told me to tell you. I've been struggling with this message for three days. I almost gave up on it. This would have been the biggest mistake of my life had I skipped it because of my flaws. So you don't think that he can't do big things with you when you don't always feel big. He can do big things with you even when you feel small. You know how you look at other people and be like, man, they got it all going together and everything seems to be working for them. You, you don't understand, they struggling behind the scenes. I'm telling you what I know. You, you just gotta be okay with what he gave you. You are the height you're supposed to be. You speak like you speak. Your complexion is the way it's supposed to be. Your nose is the size it's supposed to be. Just be yourself. I'm, you'd be surprised what God can do with an authentic vessel. Nobody would trust a cat barking. Would you get in a car and drive off a cliff and expect it to act like a plane? The only thing that people can trust is your God-given original function. And if you're a fish, don't try to, don't try to fly. If you're a bird, don't try to swim for too long. Don't self-destruct. Because as big as you think you got it, I'm trying to tell you, he showed me it is so much bigger. You would be settling for crumbs compared to what he wants to give you. And I know what you have is satisfactory, but God never came that you might survive. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I believe in my heart that if I absolutely accomplish the things that God has put in my spirit, the things that my wife and I are now having conversations about, I won't have to pray about them. I can just do them and save my prayers for something larger. Like asking him 
to drive cancer in everybody in this room. You know, that's the real miracle. Not that we're all debt free, that's good, but we have a right to be debt free. But what about being healed and being whole and being happy and having environments where you can thrive in and not be in the mud every day? That's the miracle. Friends you can trust, loved ones that you can see reach their 80s and 90s. Children who you get to walk down the aisle and meet their spouse and see them graduate from high school and college. You know, in this church, a couple weeks ago, I was with this family. I had one of the most difficult days of my life in this church. Was it two weeks ago? A week ago. See, it escapes me. And I had to lay to rest a three-month-old baby. And it hurt me so bad. Because I got a daughter and I could only see her face. And I said to myself, what am I complaining about? Why am I frustrated? What right do I have to be concerned about the things in my life that just a little prayer can solve? But I know with that baby, we could never bring her back. And I said to that family, I said, you know, Mary's life was like Jesus's life. He was born to bring us together. And had she not lived, the group of people who are in this room right now would not be in this room. So she was born and lived long enough to bring us together. And I said to the family, what I'm going to say to you, that when Jesus was born, the Bible says that the wise men showed up. I pray that as we gather together today in the first day of this new year, that we gathered as wise men and wise women and that we will not leave here fools. For Psalms 14 says, only the fool says in his heart, that there is no God. Gratitude. Be grateful. Lift your hands. Spirit of the living God. Fall fresh upon us. dig out of every booby trap in our life that the enemy has planted to cause us to self-destruct. Strengthen us and give us joy for the journey. 
for we know you withhold no good thing from us but help us to trust you while we wait Holy Spirit forgive us for not giving you the credit you deserve we're never short to thank God never absent to thank Jesus but Holy Ghost we give your credit away so we say thank you Holy Ghost for being our leader and our guide for being our protector and being the proof that the Lord must return thank you for the pneumatology, the paraclete, the study of the spirit and the God dwelling with us. You are Emmanuel. In Jesus' name we pray. Come somebody, release a praise in this place today. Release a sound of praise. Come on, it's the new year. This is your first praise of the new year. You were not supposed to make it if the devil had his way. You would be somewhere six feet under, but if you got just a little bit of gratitude in your heart, come on and lift up your voice and give God the glory. Come on, come on, come on.